Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my uh, by my tag team partner. I really need to come up with better names, but uh, he's got a good enough name on his own. The deadliest catch, Lee Brando. How are you, sir? Yes. Are we, are we in trouble now? Uh, No, not yet. I don't believe Impact is... I don't believe Anthem. Oh, there goes the phone. There they are. Um, yep. They're going to shortly be releasing parts of some sort of contract and some sort of emails that we've sent them. It's going to get ugly. None of these things actually exist, so we should be okay. Oh, okay. I have not been in contact with uh, Anthem uh, or their owl mascot. None of the above. Uh, I, uh... I may or may not have had relations with that owl. I took I took what people were chanting literally. All right then, that's that's an image. That's an image. <laughs> no, we all... um, what we're referencing, of course, in all seriousness, is the nasty situation that has been brewing between Matt Hardy and Anthem Entertainment, which owns Impact Wrestling. So. Apparently, the CEO or president of Anthem has released uh, excerpts from Matt Hardy's contract in which it states that whenever a talent, uh, i.e. Matt Hardy, would leave the company, that the company remains complete rights and copyrights and all that and privileges to gimmicks and characters. And uh, I guess Matt Hardy's defense is that Perhaps there is a YouTube video or any sort of documented use of the broken gimmick before they came to uh, to Impact Wrestling. I'm not sure that's the case, but if they can produce it, I think that will help them. I'm not sure how much it will help them. Uh, also, the president slash CEO, whatever he is, of Anthem released a redacted email chain from uh, allegedly between him and a member of WWE um, in which he asked this unnamed supposed member of the WWE um, if the rumors on the dirt sheets are true that the WWE is interested in the broken gimmick, the broken universe, and uh, his counterpart says, let me check, let me get back with you. And then finally responds with, uh, we have no interest in this gimmick. So obviously, this is going to, if this gets around, uh, I doubt casual fans will see it. But if it gets around, it could potentially put a big damper on the Hardy's run. Because I feel like it's nice to have the nostalgia run, but I think people are so invested in it because they are waiting with bated breath for the broken universe to return. As it, so it, in part to what you're speaking about, and I have uh, wrestling Inc is, has been my, uh, my source for a lot of this, uh, even though they're essentially just pulling it from other sources like PW insider. Um, but their article on this particular, uh, this email that was, or message that, uh, excuse me, email was sent to PW Insider uh, from uh, President Ed Nordham. Uh, Nordham? Nordham? I probably am butchering that. He is the president Nordam. of Impact Wrestling. Nordham. Yep, yep. Uh, anyways, long email basically uh, pointing out all these conversations and the WWE is not interested. Rebby Hardy then goes on a Twitter tirade. Um, Afterwards, basically just saying that uh, they've already lost that the fact that Impact doesn't actually own the Broken Brilliance gimmick, um, and that in actuality it's Matt Hardy's. But um, if it is if it is Matt Hardy's, and in such is now essentially WWE's to use, um, as Rebby Hardy would be in her own way, uh, disseminating here. What, why wouldn't WWE be using it? Are they building to it? 
Is it something where they don't really have the rights to it and they don't want to do anything with it? They want to just use this as a nostalgia run? We keep seeing glimpses and teases of the broken character, including this week on Raw, where uh, Matt Hardy seemed like he slipped into the broken gimmick just a little bit when he announced the stipulation for the tag team uh, title match at Extreme Rules. Yeah, um... Clearly, they wanted the Hardys back. Clearly, they wanted the Hardys back sooner than anyone thought they could get them. Not so sure about how they feel about the broken gimmick. One would think it would be where they wanted to go because of how popular it got without the WWE machine behind it. So imagine what it could do with the WWE machine behind it. But there's also the fact that for the gimmick to work, Matt has to go into singles competition, more or less. Uh, or, or at least that's how it worked before. So there's not really... I mean, I'm, maybe there was one mention of, from Paul Heyman about a Matt Hardy-Brock Lesnar match, uh, but there's really been no mention uh, other than that, and there's really not room at the top card of the singles uh, competition for Matt Hardy to come in. I mean, you've got Samojo, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, obviously, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar. It, it's pretty packed at the top of that roster. So to squeeze Matt Hardy in there would be pretty difficult, and it's not like they're going to put Matt Hardy over Lesnar or over Reigns. Uh, that's just not the way they're going. Plus, you got to add in the fact that Jeff was a much bigger star in the WWE pantheon than Matt ever was. So, uh, I'm not sure at this point. You know, it felt, it does, you know, it did feel and it does feel like they're building up to it. But they could not be. You know, they, they could just be teasing it for the hardcore fans and the casual fans are getting the nostalgia on. I don't know. Um, Could it'd be interesting to see. I had, I had one theory that they would flip it. And when they did, when they did uh, pull the trigger on it, that it would be broken Jeff Hardy and brother, uh, whatever Matt's middle name is. What is Matt's middle name? I'm not sure. It's probably not as cool as Nero. Uh, it's more. It's Math- name is Moore? Matthew Moore Hardy, like Shannon Moore. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he'll be Brother Moore. Not as cool as Brother Nero. No, not not nearly. Um, at anyway, so that's that's the broken, uh, the update on the broken gimmick. We kind of buried the lead here, given that we're this is a professional wrestling podcast. And we really do have to talk. What is the biggest news in professional wrestling this week? In that they actually pulled the trigger. They really actually did it. We are living in the era of the Maharaja. Excuse me. The modern Maharaja. Got to get my branding right. The modern day Maharaja. Dang it. JBL. JBL would likely be bullying me by this point. (laughs) Uh, definitely. Not likely, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah. In Jinder Mahal is champion. About two weeks Jin- ago, I, I G- saw it. I, I could see it. Jinder Mahal is WWE champion. Jinder Mahal is WWE champion. It, it almost sounds like a sentence you have to say to yourself 50 times to believe it. Given that he is, he is the 50th WWE champion, that has a little special... A little bit more uh, significance. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Um, in a, if I'm always a believer in I'm up for something different if you can do it right. WWE has proven to me many times that they can't deviate too much from their formula because if they try to, it doesn't go right. That's what's all. That's what scared me about the broken gimmick to this point, which they haven't pulled the trigger yet, so I don't know. But, I mean, it is really interesting because when you really think about it, Jinder Mahal, other than the fact that if you look at pictures from him from two or three years ago, he doesn't look like the same guy. Um, He is very muscular. 
And um, it's that uh, strict diet he's been on, and he keeps talking about. He's very vascular. A lot of veins. A lot of veins in that man. Um, the strict diet got him to from jobber to uh, WWE champ. Maybe, maybe this podcast should go on a strict diet. Oh. We might become the best podcast of all time. Just well, go on a strict diet. How do we go on a strict diet? We're an audio medium. That therein lies. That's the million dollar question. The million dollar man. We need Ted DiBiase to come on the podcast. That's what it is. That, you have found the answer. Is. That's how we. That's how we succeed. Do you think he'll come on? Probably not. Well, I mean, every man's got a price. Somebody's got to pay, though. That's true. Okay, back to what? <laughs> <laughs> back to the modern day Maharaja. You didn't say uh, it with quite enough gusto, Maharaja. It I almost think, sounds. Uh, it almost sounds kind of like, it, uh, patronizing when we say it like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a different world than, um, you know, the early '80s when they had the Iron Sheik and did kind of a similar foreign heel thing. Um, I mean, they always do the foreign heel. I don't know why. Uh, because uh, because the United States has proven that we're xenophobic. Yeah, but is that why they do it, or do they do it because that's why? You know what I mean? Are they xenophobic you, because you, they do it, or they do it, or do they do it because we're xenophobic? Are you saying is it is it the WWE's own xenophobia that is causing this, or are they simply? taking advantage of something that's available in their audience already right okay right, right. like I, do i listen to pop music because i'm miserable or am i miserable because i listen to pop music well okay now let's not throw a whole genre under the bus especially because triple h used that exact same uh comparison earlier in the year describing wwe as pop music which you know what you have a point i'll move on um jinder mahal is wwe champion um I keep having to remind myself. I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say that. Try and think of the face, the 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 foreign faces that weren't guys from England, Ireland, or Canada, um, that were faces for not being comedy acts. There's, I can't think of a ton that were like big, like getting big pushes. Uh, the the premier person that comes to mind is Rey Mysterio. But you wonder, does uh, the mask take away from that, given the fact that he's kind of like a superhero type character? As far as someone being the, the, the top champion, the world champion, or WWE champion? Or, or in that title picture, you know, in the, in the upper, like, main event title picture. Well, I mean... The WWE and, and wrestling, just in general, I should say, it's not really the WWE specifically, has always been a very diverse, uh, multicultural, multinational field. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot. I mean, I don't know how you want to describe it. I mean, Kane was born in Madrid, so does that count, you know? I would say probably not. Um I guess if if you want to be technical, but if you want to be technical, do you, WWE still hasn't had an African American world champion outside of The Rock. That's true. I get, I'm trying to think back. The only um, way you could say they have is if you roll WCW in and say Ron Simmons, but that I, you really can't do that because WWE wasn't booking what a that. King Booker. Oh, you're totally right. I forgot about King Booker being getting that world championship run. I feel bad now. Um, that's that's true though. That is absolutely true. You are correct. I forgot that uh, he was world heavyweight champion. Uh, still haven't had a WWE champion though. Mark Henry, still world champion. Um, I mean, had, well, there's not really a difference. Well, not technically speaking, but I'm talking the belt with the big W on it, or the big WW on it. 
any minority or just African American? I'm confused. I'm trying to think who who else. How many? How many? Um, how many minority individuals have won the WWE championship? Did Del did Del Rio ever hold the WWE title, or was it just the world title? I think he did, right? Because um, he was involved with Punk in that. Um, didn't Punk beat him for it when he after he came back, and there was like the interim championship? I was under the impression that it was the world title. I might be mistaken. I'm going to look this... Oh, nope, you're absolutely right. He was WWE champion in 2011. So I retract my previous statements and accusations towards the WWE um, as they are unfounded and uh, are more towards my poor memory. Um, Although, to be fair... Eddie was WWE champion. Who? Eddie Guerrero. That is very true as well. See, well, the... Okay, so... My... I mean, the majority... No, but it does happen, and... Um... It does happen, but it is it is uh, obviously a lot more rare. But to be fair also, it's been kind of the same group of guys near the top for the majority, up until probably two years ago. The same right, group of guys... I think that's more of the problem. Like when... Um... What they what they call it Oscar so white a couple years ago at the Academy Awards because right. there was no minorities um, put up for awards. That's it's not necessarily that it was a, a race thing. It's and it, well it could circle back to it, but it's not an overtly a race thing. It's not. It's just because there's a certain amount of actors, a handful of actors that Hollywood can put in films and guarantee they're going to make a lot of money. Now, does it say something that those actors, you know, Sands, Will Smith, or Denzel, are mostly uh, white? Yeah, that probably does say something, but it's 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 kind of not the cause. It's it's just the effect. So it's not the fact that WWE doesn't want a minority champion. It's just that they always rely on John Cena or Randy Orton or you know Edge for a long period of time, The Undertaker, Triple H. I mean, Roman is. A minority you know but um i think that's more of the the issue is they just keep relying on the same people and none of those people happen to be a minority uh but now we have gender and well roman is in the title picture on raw he probably will be for most of his career <laughs> good joke ryan <laughs> uh too bad it probably shouldn't make it into the podcast uh, no, we'll have to edit that one out. But for sake of time, let's move on. Um, as uh, we had the rest of Backlash. Did Backlash feel like an uh, episode of SmackDown to you, or was that just me? It did, but kind of all SmackDown's pay-per-views feel that way. And kind of all Raw pay-per-views feel that way. Nothing really feels special anymore. Except WrestleMania. Uh, I guess that's true. Um so, uh, no real new ground broken here, I guess. Uh, we The start of the night was Nakamura versus Ziggler. Uh, your thought on that match ended opening the card. Yeah, weird positioning. I would have put it closer to the end. Um, maybe right before the main. Um, and the match itself wasn't bad, uh, but I don't think it was the best. Ziegler or Nakamura match we've ever seen. No. And um, I think I think it's a double-edged sword for a lot of these guys like uh, Finn Balor and Nakamura and a lot of these big indie guys um, who kind of made their name wrestling a very intense style. So they've done a lot of damage to their bodies accumulated over the years. And now they get to the WWE and they feel like they can step off the gas a little bit uh, not giving a bad match or a bad performance, just doing, you know, a lot less of the, the hard-hitting and the crazy stuff that they used to do. Um, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. You you can either beginning or try to get there and pay it all there. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't super impressed. It was, it was a good standard match. Uh, Nakamura, Nakamura pick- took the beatdown for 90% of it. A little strange. Um 
Then we got the comedy match, Brizongo losing to the Usos, but in hilarious fashion. Yeah, very strange. Um, with the disguises and stuff, I'm not sure. Like, it's funny and everything, but I'm not sure what the uh, competitive advantageous edge that would give an opponent, you know? It, it doesn't make sense if you tie it back to we're supposed to be having a wrestling match. Well, they're not wrestling. It's sports entertainment, don't you know? Um, Sami Zayn rolls up, uh, defeats Baron Corbin somewhat surprisingly. Um, Zayn yeah. maybe on his way to better things or just kind of a way of saying, this guy hasn't won since he's come to SmackDown. Let's give him a victory. Yeah, I'm going to assume that it was just a little... It was just a little something to give him some steam so they can keep him in the mid to higher card and have him put over guys. They can't just beat him every time. They got to give him something, throw him a bone every now and then. Yeah. Six-woman tag match as Natalia, Carmella, and Tamina with James Ellsworth defeat the uh, champion Naomi, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch. Uh, not looking great for, for Charlotte, who kind of came in with a full head of steam despite Raw, despite the effort on Raw to kind of cool her off. But it really hasn't done a whole lot. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're going to go with this one. I heard a rumor that they're going to have a female Money in the Bank ladder match next month. Um, I don't know if that's going to come true or not, but maybe that would kind of shake things up a little bit for the women's division on SmackDown. I believe they've already announced that they're going to have a uh, fatal five-way next week on SmackDown to determine the number one contender to face Naomi at Money in the Bank. So, not to say you're wrong, but just to say, just to provide the update. Mm. Mm Because it's very possible maybe that goes, there's some shenanigans involved and they just decide, well, we're going to do this instead. I feel like, the WWE is hell-bent on having Charlotte do a moonsault off a ladder. So, it's possible. Well, with with five people, you could get somebody there to catch her, which seems to have been a yeah, problem James as of late. <laughs> oh, yes, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, Kevin Owens retains his title against AJ Styles. No, no real surprise there, although... Uh, I will say, it uh, looked like they told a pretty good story with AJ Styles' knee being the end of him. Yeah, it was a clever ending. I liked it. it was, um, I like, I'm a fan of count-out finishes when they are in the right place. I think this was in the right place. And so I like this match. I think it was match of the night. Uh, I would agree, although I would have surprised with the Nakamura Ziggler match being on the card that this would that somebody would beat it. But Owens and Styles isn't surprising. Uh, Luke Harper defeats Eric Rowan in a throwaway match, and of course we've already discussed the main event, which actually wasn't a bad main event, all things considered. I really wasn't expecting a whole lot from this, and I thought they they did a relatively nice job going their way, taking their way through that match, and what was I believe a twenty five thirty minute match. Yeah, it, it told a good story. Um, I wasn't sure while I was watching it why they began it the way they began it with Randy Orton kind of going in for the attack. Um, seemed a bit heelish on Orton's part. Um, but, you know, I guess it worked out because it really, it really set the crowd on fire and then they did die down. And then, you know, when the, when the finishes with the, uh, the Singh brothers... Uh, they got hot again, which uh, crazy, stupid bump that Orton made one of the Singh brothers take on his head onto a table. Uh, that was a bit scary. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think you. I think he realized it too, because he kind of turned around and was like, "Whoops." Yeah. Um. A little. A little. Mm. Not 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 the best moment. Not the best moment. Um, let's see here. Uh, so we move along. Uh, I guess before we leave the weekend, let's take a quick buy, uh, take a look quickly. I should say, easy for me to say, at NXT Takeover Chicago, which happened the night before. And I have a theory 
that I would like to run past you and see if you uh, agree with with yeah. my theory. Um, so I believe that they ran. It seemed weird that they would run a takeover so close after WrestleMania, and I couldn't mm-hmm. quite figure out why. And it when I watched, because I watched them in reverse order, I saw Backlash. I noticed that Backlash wasn't as smarky of a crowd as we have come to expect, especially from Chicago. And then I watched TakeOver Chicago a couple days later um, after the fact, and I realized that my that I think WWE scheduled TakeOver for Chicago, get all the smarks to come out to TakeOver, which they will, which they did, have them kind of do whatever they want with that show, and that opens up the door to our, you know, calmer base, uh, calmer, you know, casual crowd, which will show up at Backlash. Um, it's possible. I know that they did hike up the price of tickets for both shows, so that would indicate that it would be hard for somebody to go to both shows. Um, it's very possible, but I, I, I know that... Um, there were there were a smattering of uh, CM Punk chants, of course, because they're in Chicago, and those were largely put down by the rest of the crowd. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe Chicago's just evolving. Maybe um, strong GTS uh, CM Punk chants during the uh, Bobby Roode Hideo Itami match at one point, um, but that was no surprise given that Itami's finisher is the go to sleep which uh, mm-hmm. CM Punk graciously borrowed for his WWE run. Borrowed, yep. Um, you, as, yeah, as, see, the, as the it, weird thing about this... Uh, what's hang, that? On, hang on, real quick. You, you're, you're pausing at borrowed makes me feel like you have an opinion on the fact that CM Punk just started using Hideo Itami, well, back when he was uh, Kenta, his finisher before Itami became Itami in the U.S., um, no, I mean, everything is, I, I would use the word stolen, but uh, I think everything is stolen. <laughs> I mean, I did say wrestling. borrowed in, in parentheses, or not parentheses, in yeah. uh, quotes, air quotes. I was doing air quotes, didn't you see? I did not see, as a uh, matter of fact. We are an audio medium, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, I thought TakeOver Chicago as a whole was a really good show. I think definitely the better of the two wrestling shows over the weekend. Uh, Roderick Strong defeats Eric Young in a, a solid match. Uh, the UK Championship, Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate, uh, defeating Tyler Bate to win the UK Championship in what I I would say was a strong contender for uh, an on an NXT show, one of their best matches they're going to have this year, Dunne versus Bate. Yeah, uh, I think those guys tore it down. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, but th- it does beg the question, like, is the UK title an NXT title or is it separate or it, it, can you only challenge for it if you're from the UK? I'm not sure what the rules are. Uh, well, I believe it's tied to their United Kingdom show that's coming up, um, that, Jim Ross and Nigel McGuinness will be calling. Um, I believe they're going to have their own separate roster that gets to show up and, and defend on on various different NXT and network-based shows. Um, but they're going to have their own roster that includes guys like Dunn, Bate, some of, a lot of the guys we saw in the UK tournament earlier this year. Um, and I believe this is all around basically a way to kind of organically build up to this show as opposed to kind of what they did with 205 Live, where it was like, look, Cruiserweights. Hey, look, Cruiserweight show. Yeah. I suppose so. Eventually they're going to run out of uh, ring rope colors, though. Well, they'll probably just use white or yellow, um, I would assume. Maybe. Do they go to the old red, white, and blue? Because, uh, obviously, the United Kingdom's uh, flag is... Union Jack. The... I was the the yeah the Union flag has red white and blue on it so uh, they could I mean it would make sense to a degree I uh, who knows to a degree yeah. we're 
we're we're thirty seconds into ring rope discussion. Uh, Asuka defends her championship, defeating Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross, pinning both of them to retain her championship, and crosses the four hundred day mark this week as uh, NXT Women's Champion, the longest such reigning champion in all of WWE at this time. That's very true. Um... Is there an end game to Asuka at this point? Is it just she's just going to keep winning until somebody beats her in NXT and then she goes to WWE, uh, like she goes up to the main roster? Is she just an NXT talent? Does she continue winning and just forfeits the title to go up, up the roster? What, what do you do in this situation? She's at 400 days. She has not lost. Uh, she seems pretty unbeatable. None of the current crop can seem to beat her. What, what would you do? knowing what you know. Huh, what would I do? It's it's hard to say because I know what, I feel like what they're going to do, but it's not necessarily what I would do. So if I had to think about it... Tell me what I guess you I'm, would do, and then tell me what you think they're going to do. Yeah. Because I think both of those are interesting propositions, and that's the quality content the listeners come for. Well, it might be easier to do it in reverse. Let me tell you what I think they're going to do first. Okay. Uh, I think what they're going to do is Hang sort on. of similar to what they did with... Time out. That break brought to you by the fact that our computer's been acting up today. And um, you were saying, my good sir, how you think that WWE is going to book the uh, continuation of the Asuka storyline. What's the end game? I think what they'll probably do is something similar to what they did with Kevin Owens, where they'll they'll bring her up while she's still uh, NXT Women's Champion, mm-hmm. and maybe they'll have her on a a big pay per view like a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania, taking on the, either the Raw or the SmackDown um, Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. And then they will have her go back for one final NXT show, and she'll get beat, but she won't get beat. It'll be a multi-person match, and somebody else, it'll be like a triple threat, and Ember Moon will pin Ruby Riot, and Ember Moon will become champion, but Asuka was never beat type, type thing. Sure. And then she'll just go on to the main roster, and who knows where what they'll do with her from there. I guess it'll be dependent upon what kind of reaction she gets or what show she goes to yeah or what show she goes to but what i would do is i would maybe the money in the bank would be a good spot for this i would create a matchup with an indeterminate amount of competitors so like a battle royal, but not a battle royal type thing. Mm-hmm. And I would have her surprise enter and have her win it. Um, and have her hold both the NXT and the SmackDown Women's Championships and defend on both. And maybe even... Um, I don't know, maybe even send, maybe even as in a storyline, if they want to, if they want to do it, maybe have a match with, um, you know, I'm trying to think who would be a good person. Not Charlotte, not Becky, maybe, uh, maybe. Be uh, I don't know any any of the any of the kind of middle of the road SmackDown women. Carmella, um, maybe Carmella, maybe Tamina. Um, but I mean, that's anyway, you could co- do a storyline where named, if they lose, we just named two thirds of the SmackDown women's roster at the moment, which is only six people. That's true. Uh, maybe, but where if they lose, they have to go to NXT or something like that, just so you can continue this the storyline i don't know the, the the basis of it is have her come up as a surprise entrant into some sort of other match and uh don't have her lose i, I wouldn't have her lose for a long long time have her unify the raw and smackdown women's t- titles 
maybe even the NXT women's title and just have her as the top woman of all WWE programming and just run with it for a while. And then, you know, when you want to build somebody else up or put Charlotte against her and have a huge match main event, a pay-per-view with them. And, you know, that, that, that would be the way to do it. Well, I think if, so I don't, I don't necessarily disagree, but I would go about it a little bit differently. Um, I think you keep her as NXT Women's Champion until she wants to go to SmackDown or Raw. And it just gets to the point where they push this, she's got no competition left, and there's just nothing anybody can do at this point to to put her down. She has now defeated everybody um, in, in NXT that can be defeated. So she shows up, and uh, she can either show up as a surprise, or you can build up this NXT Women's Champion versus... I would put her on SmackDown myself. Um, but uh, put her against whatever whoever the champion is at, say, SummerSlam. And it is an opportunity for... Um, you know, it's a, it's a title versus title match. And winner is both champions for however long you want to run it. NXT and whatever that brand is. She goes in, she wins the match... And she is now NXT and Raw slash SmackDown Women's Champion, whichever the one she wins, uh, or depending on which show. She cannot hold both titles. She has to forfeit the NXT title. That gets her out of it. And then you could have a situation where you could have kind of a mini tournament or something of the sort where it's some sort of number one contender situation. NXT Championship kind of works itself out. And I don't think the women's title loses anything, nor anyone else really loses a whole lot by her forfeiting the title. Everyone's lost to her already. She already seems a peg above everyone else. So now you can build it where almost everybody in NXT's women's division is on the same playing field, and you can kind of build up a couple other people at a time, whether that's uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, Ember Moon... Uh, if you want to go in a different direction, start really pushing Aaliyah, you know, some, you have a few different directions you could go with that. Um, and then of course with the women's tournament coming up, which we'll, we'll get to momentarily, um, that could also play a factor into this, but I would have her move up, not lose a match and then just go into, uh, Raw or SmackDown undefeated. And you could let her run with the title up until WrestleMania and build up her opponent. And I would, Charlotte would probably be my first, would be my first choice as her opponent for WrestleMania to kind of blow off kind of what would be a six month to a year long kind of build. Yeah, and you could even get away with putting them in a multiple falls match so that you could see Asuka get pinned or tap out. Probably pinned would be better but her not necessarily lose. So you could put them in an Iron Man match. You could put them in a two out of three falls match. Uh, just something so that, you know, even though Charlotte would lose, she would still be the only woman to ever pin Asuka to the map. Could you possibly see Asuka, WWE kind of using her in a Ronda Rousey type situation where she's just dominant and they build whatever women's division that she's in completely around her? And she's just this dominant, undefeated champion for a long time and just gets caught. You know, somebody is able to finally topple her. And that, you know, maybe that's how they do her entire WWE run. Nobody's saying she's going to be in WWE for the next 20 years. She's, I believe, in her mid-30s already. Uh, which, for women's wrestlers in WWE, can be a decent bit older. But um, it's all, how long is she going to be there? Um, she is currently 35. If you could see where she's maybe going to be in WWE for maybe two years, something along those lines, just don't have her lose until the very end. Yeah, I mean, that would make a lot of sense. I think it would be good for women's wrestling. Um, I think it'd be very interesting and cool to watch. I don't know if they'll do it, though. I doubt they would. WWE is too much into 50-50 booking for this to happen. Um, but yeah. it's how I would do it, and that's why we fantasy book. Uh, let's quickly run through uh, Raw and SmackDown, and I do mean quick in case our computer has more problems. Um, 
we got to see... Is our computer the previous Raw GM? No. Uh, if you remember, that was destroyed by one Edge. And I That's assume when, when when Hornswoggle was, was released, he was he got to keep his laptop. Okay. Um, I, I mean, who knows? Um, regardless, so we... Uh, Raw main evented by... Uh, Bray Wyatt and Samoa Joe against Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Finn Balor not included in that, but Finn Balor getting a couple of prominent segments during the show, one of which he comes out and Paul Heyman confronts him, and they have a back and forth. Um, are you as, as... Would you be as excited as I feel like I am for Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar? Um... No, and and it's not because I don't like Finn. I just don't see that match doing anything for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that they chose Paul Heyman to come out for that segment. It almost feels like they're trying to make everyone think Finn will win, and then they'll bait and switch them to uh, maybe Seth. Uh, I mean, I'd like I, I the one I'm most excited to see is Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins, but uh, or Samoa Joe and uh, Brock Lesnar, excuse me. I was about to say uh, we just did get. I feel like Seth Rollins is the reason that's probably not going to happen. But I would, I'm on board. I would like to see that because I think it it's a huge elevation to Joe, and him losing wouldn't feel like a disappointment if he, you know, you assume he whoever's going to win this match is going to lose to Lesnar. Because it'll be Lesnar's first title defense, and he'll probably carry that belt at least until SummerSlam. I think he's going to carry it until WrestleMania next year, but um, I don't. I, I doubt think... it, but I guess they could. I I think it hurts not having your main champion on the show. I think it definitely does. I think it, the show would be more people would watch it if he was there every week. But is that? Or I don't even, know. It's a even you got to weigh it out. Is it more expensive? to keep him there every week or every other week or is it more costly uh, to not to, yeah is it more costly to not is are you losing more money not having him there um i don't think so brock lesnar will ever be there every week we don't necessarily need him there every week but do you know who we have not seen since the raw after wrestlemania brock lesnar it's the end of may we will likely not see brock lesnar until after extreme rules which is in another week and a half. Yeah, we probably won't see him until right before Great Balls of Fire. What an awful name. We will have to just just run with that later. Um, then Finn Balor defeats Carl Anderson. Um, what do you think about this? No build with the clear... The audience clearly knows there's history. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, I guess they just don't have anything else for the club to do currently. Well, it feels like the tag team division is where the women's division was a few years ago. We have very little time for you, and it's going to be no more than a segment in most instances, except the champions themselves. Probably, yeah. So the the tag team division does not look good on either brand, even though you probably have one of the what has been one of the more exciting tag teams currently as Raw tag team champions. But you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Matt Hardy defeating Sheamus, and uh, yes, right off the bat. Um, Matt Hardy choosing the steel cage as the stipulation. How much did you think they were going to choose a ladder match? Um, Didn't really think that they were going to choose a ladder match. Um, Maybe a TLC would have been more likely. I know it's essentially the same thing, but they just had a ladder match, and they have money in the bank coming up, so... Don't it didn't o- surprise me that they didn't choose a ladder match. Don't want to oversaturate. Right. Um, so it is a steel cage match uh, for which I am interested to see how that goes. I still think the Hardys win, but um, maybe that's that's how they kind of... Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to lose hope on the broken gimmick. Uh, Alexa Bliss defeats Mickey James, takes her out with a kendo stick. Bailey then chases Alexa with a kendo stick, but never makes contact. Then we get to hear that wonderful kendo stick on a pole stipulation again. Um, And then Bray and Joe beat uh, Reigns and Rollins. After Reigns knocks out Rollins. Yeah. 
Oh, you know, there's something we didn't talk about NXT Takeover Chicago. Uh, we never got to the to the two cha- two like top championship matches at the end. Uh, Bobby Roode defeats Hideo Itami. No huge surprise there. Although it was a good match. Authors of Pain defeat DIY in which was a predictably very good match in a ladder match. And then uh, afterwards, the shocking of shocks. Tommaso Ciampa turns on Johnny Gargano and proceeds to beat him down to a booing and somewhat shocked crowd in Chicago. And to the point where they were chanting F.U. Champa. Yeah, I was going to say a little more than boos ran out. Yeah, I, I did catch that. I did catch that as I was listening to it. Um, that was definitely the smarky crowd. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they the, the latter match, um, they took some crazy bumps in, and then Tommaso took a crazy bump with uh, Gargano off the table uh, at the end of the beatdown. I, I thought it was a very entertaining main event in a pay-per-view that to me was otherwise a lot of not filler but i would say placeholder matches like no one really thought atami was gonna go over rude and no one really thought oscar was gonna lose, and no one um really thought that alistair black was gonna lose so there it's kind of just like let's get us by until you know the next takeover which i'm assuming will be before SummerSlam, and then we'll have drew mcintyre versus bobby Roode, and ember moon will be back and she can face um asuka and everything like that so along the way there's a lot of placeholders and and then you had this main event tag team ladder match that really just made the show very very uh entertaining yeah um so it ends up being a really good match. Would you did you see the spot where Gargano took the ladder to the chin in place of Champa? Yeah, that looked brutal. Uh, and just a reminder, Champa was hurt earlier week um, at a at a house show. He pretty messed up his ankle pretty bad and still went out and had a really good match. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on SmackDown to jump back to where we were. Uh, Shane McMahon announced the participants to the Money in the Bank ladder match, which makes me a little sad because I always like when they have the, the, the matches between everybody to try and earn their way in. Um, I was a little sad they just announced it because now it's just going to be the same exact build we just saw we're seeing from Raw for that elimination that or that fatal five way match. Just it's six people instead, so we can have a singles match and tag matches and six man tags, which you know there's going to be a six man tag. Uh, Holla, holla, holla. Yeah, although I do like that it's a little less. I feel like the Money in the Bank matches were getting up to like 8, 9, 10 people in them. So I was excited when they announced it as 5, and then they expanded it to 6, which is, I guess, acceptable. 5 seemed like a weird number, especially when Kevin Owens wasn't included. They telegraphed that quite a bit. Uh, But your 6 Money in the Bank ladder match participants are... uh, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens, who who begged talked his, his way into who it. talked his way in, which was just weird to begin with. Why wouldn't you put he won at Backlash and his champion? You're not going to put him in. Uh, well, I think that's why. I think you know they wanted to make the division between the two um, divisions, the U.S. title and the WWE title. But you know, I guess he can talk his way in. Um, and then, of course, Shinsuke Nakamura. Early prediction: Who wins? Um, I can tell hmm. you that the favorite is probably Nakamura. You know, I don't think they will do that. I agree. And I don't think it'll be Kevin Owens, and I don't think it'll be Sami Zayn. I'm gonna go with Baron Corbin. Interesting choice. Um, I don't necessarily disagree. You kind of work your way down the lineup, and you can see where where that would be the case. I don't think Styles needs the briefcase. Um, he will be just every other pay per view. He'll probably be in the main event, so he doesn't need it. Um, I don't think they're going to give it to Ziggler again. I think that's why they put him in this match to say, well, this guy's already won it. We know he's good at this match. Um, I don't think they give it to Nakamura. I have a feeling Nakamura and Owens is probably your matchup coming out of Money in the Bank, uh, even though we did see a bit of that um, 
in the main event on SmackDown. I think that's going to be your main event, uh, or that's going to be your um, oh, what is what is next after Money in the Bank? I've already forgotten for SmackDown. Um, I feel like it'd be SummerSlam. No, there's one between Great Balls of Fire and SummerSlam. I looked this up last week. We Battleground. Had this... Oh, I think you're right. It's Battleground. Um, I believe you are absolutely correct. Um, I'm pulling up the Wikipedia page now just to confirm. Um, and just to make sure. And it is Battleground at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. Uh, which And then there will be a month-long build to SummerSlam, which I'm quite happy about. Um, yeah, I think they're going to, at some point, they're going to do Styles versus Nakamura. I don't know if that's SummerSlam, or I don't I don't know if that's WrestleMania next year. I could see that but, being uh, SummerSlam. I feel like that's a big one that they're going to put on a big show. I feel like that is, that is a, that's a SummerSlam match. Um, yeah. Or it could be a triple threat for the U.S. Championship. Owen, Styles, and Jericho. Uh, Jericho. Nakamura. <laughs> yeah, I mean they could. Just to, just as a thought. Um, so let's quickly run through the rest of SmackDown. Uh, Sami Zayn rolls up Baron Corbin to get the win, and then gets beat down pretty badly afterwards. In Char- the first of nineteen roll-up quick finishes on the show. Uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch defeated Carmella and Natalya. Uh, Jinder Mahal had his Punjabi celebration, which I thought was fabulous. Uh, Tyler, yes, very over the top. Tyler Breeze and Jay Uso uh, defeats Jay Uso. Fandango defeats Jimmy Uso, and then the Usos proceed to beat Breezango in a SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Styles and Nakamura defeat Owens and Ziggler, and Nakamura has just a fantastic finisher that no one should ever kick out of. Yes. It's beautifully simple, and if it's sold correctly, it looks fantastic, and Owens did a nice job. Um, I agree, and uh, you know, the the funny thing about this week is Raw's rating was down again, mm -hmm. and SmackDown rating was slightly up. Not bad. Well, could that maybe be a little bit of the Nakamura effect? It could be Nakamura. It could be Jinder. We don't know. I Okay, so I actually think that it was probably the other sports effect. Um, I think there was a... Uh, I want to say there was a basketball or a hockey game on Monday. And there was... There was on Tuesday also. Let me see here. I want to pull that up really quick. went up against hockey and basketball. Um... Of course, this is going to be a pain and not work the way I want it to. Uh, Let's see here. Monday was Golden State against San Antonio, which is, uh, that was the, in the uh, NBA matchup. Tuesday was Boston versus Cleveland. Um, I could see where where Golden State and San Antonio draws more people and would pull away from um, any viewership that the, um, that, Raw might have had. I think that uh, plays I think into that it. the the Tuesday night basketball game, it ran for not the first half hour of SmackDown, but it ran for the last ninety minutes of SmackDown. And if I'm not mistaken, it drew over seven million viewers. So uh, it, it's very substantial competition for SmackDown, also. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Let's see. Uh, and there was hockey on both nights as well. Hockey does not pull quite as much of the ratings. No, uh, unless it's, you know, something, the Stanley Cup or something like that. Well, it was, it, it is the semifinals, but even still. Um, yeah. But I think you probably were going to pull more on a Tuesday, so that probably didn't impact it as much because the Tuesday matchup, I think, was a bigger deal. But uh, well, regardless. I mean, it wasn't up huge. It was only up, you know, 200,000 viewers, but it's still an increase i mean that's an increase that wwe doesn't want to their needs like they need everybody they can at this point yeah i think raw did worse than a uh like one of their bad fourth of july episode ratings Mm -hmm. 
which is really bad. <laughs> yeah, probably not great. It's, it's not good at all. So maybe uh, maybe just pay Brock and bring him back because you might need him. Probably. Um, all right, one more thing. Um, it was largely quiet outside outside of the WWE front as far as the the bigger promotions of the world. Um, Best of the Super Juniors is continuing on over in New Japan, uh, but that's not wrapped yeah. up yet. We'll talk a little bit more about that as it gets closer to the final and as it, ra- as it wraps up. Um, the one big thing that was announced this week that we want to take a moment and point out, Triple H uh, put out a tweet regarding um, the women's tournament that's coming up. And it's he revealed that it is called the May Young Classic. It will be a women's tournament, uh, which WWE issued a statement afterwards. Um, it will take place at Full Sail Live, July thirteenth and fourteenth, uh, Thursday and a Friday, and uh, will feature thirty-two female competitors in a single elimination tournament. So, pretty similar to the Cruiserweight Classic, but twice as many competitors. Yeah, um, and I heard a rumor that all the commentators, referees, everyone that you'll see will be of the um, female gender. Um, I don't know if it's everyone. I know that they are they are hiring female officials, um, which basically they're bringing in independent wrestlers to to be female officials, and I think they will continue to have female officials beyond this tournament. Mm-hmm. I believe Jim Ross is one of the two common one at least one of at least two commentators for this uh, for this tournament. I believe he is going to be on the call, uh, which I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't know of any promotions that are using female announcers at this point, uh, and which means that it's nobody major and it's likely an independent promotion if there's anybody doing it. So. Uh, it might just be a matter of they might not have anybody that they can bring in, especially not as a name value talent um, that's not already kind of on their roster at this point. I, I just well, don't I mean, know they who, could they could who, bring in a you know a Lita or somebody like that. They could. Um, do you think they would bring in a, a Lita or maybe somebody like a? I mean, a, who would be interested and would be any good at it? Uh, I mean, they could do Lita. They could do Renee Young. Do you think um, Renee Young has the wrestling chops to pull that off? I think if they sit anybody next to Jim Ross, they can pull it off. That's that's a good point. They don't necessarily have to be great. I guess I was spoiled last year with the Cruiserweight Classic with uh, Mauro Ronaldo and uh, Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan actually worked really well in that capacity with Mauro. But that was also a lot of really yeah. good Mauro. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's still out, I believe. Uh, hasn't been at SmackDown in a week or two. Uh, I guess he's it's, uh, it's been home a couple with months. his baby. Yeah, it's been a couple months since he's been on TV. Um, and I believe that's why. I believe that they ha- he was basically at home. Um, and I think they were giving him the time. Um, but we'll see if he comes back sometime soon. They haven't really mentioned it on TV. They just they threw out a congratulations, but that was about it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that was pretty much it. We'll uh, to look at things that have come up over uh, over the next week. We'll be back at it next week. Uh, anything you'd like to leave with the folks? Um, no, not really. I'm keeping it all for myself. Cool, cool. Um, you know that Austin Aries story? We're going to yeah. tell it next week. Definitely next week. We have to. Yes, because we've teased it quite enough, and I just teased it now, and I didn't have to. But I keep forgetting we haven't. You haven't actually told it yet on on a recorded pod. Well, I was kind of waiting for him to become cruiserweight champion. <laughs> he did win on Monday. He did. All right, so that'll do it for us. You can catch uh, you can catch Lee on the social media at Lee Brando underscore uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Look him up on Facebook. Add him on Facebook. He's the one that looks like a wrestler. Um, yeah, you don't have to like me. You can add me. I can be your friend. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not that mysterious Facebook wall where you ha- you uh, like and just get updates. You can actually be friends. Um, and uh, you can follow the show 
at Barricade Show on uh, on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Barricade Show, SoundCloud.com slash Barricade Show, and just search Over the Barricade Podcast on Google Play and iTunes. That'll do it for us. We'll catch you next week. Over the Barricade. Ha <laughs> ha.